0: Hello, peeps, and welcome to The Natural High, which is, of course, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of happiness in all its glorious forms. This week, I have a fascinating conversation with a couple of cannabis experts. I have always been interested... And enthused by cannabis. I've always found it strange how there is such a stigma attached to the plant when you compare it to something like alcohol, for example, which is so widely and used and socially accepted. Whereas cannabis, which would seemingly have lots more medicinal benefits than alcohol, has always been um, scapegoated, pariahed, ostracised. Um, sent out to the peripheries of social acceptability that's all changing in america of course slowly state by state i live in california where cannabis is legal and is very widely used so i ask all sorts of questions to susan and simeon about their involvement and their history with the plant their experiences of how it's healed people and how they use it to heal people and the important elements and agents of THC and CBD, what each of them does, how important each are, and how to grow it. So loads of great stuff. I myself, as I said, I'm an enthusiast. I've seen the light and the dark of the cannabis world. I myself had some great experiences on it. And then, you know, there are the darker stories too, the terrifying stories such as my father-in-law who came to Amsterdam to stay with me a couple of few years back now and thought he'd give it a try, try some, some Amsterdam weed. Uh, he was enjoying it a lot to start with, but then he had a second puff and it was a ter- quite terrifying experience for the poor man. He said in his own words, I feel like I'm using up all of my smiles. The poor bugger felt as if he was hanging off the curtains. He uh, felt as if his arms were 12 foot long. He was sort of stumbling around, groaning. Um, he asked every seven or eight seconds, he'd ask how much time had passed now. <laughs> it was a terrifying experience for the poor man. Yeah, I think he still maintains it's the worst experience of his life, the poor fellow. So we won't be trying that again with him. But yeah, um, let's talk about it. Let's, let's find out more about cannabis. You can find out more about Susan and Simeon and their brilliant work. They have a virtual forum every week, which you can join. Talk about growing cannabis and how it might be of medicinal benefit to you. But you can find out more about that by going to the naturalhighclub.com forward slash cannabis. And I really do hope that you will enjoy the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Natural High Club. So let's crack on. Um, Really enjoyed this one. And I think you will too. Speak soon.
1: Bye. a natural high.
0: Ah, how you doing?
1: I'm good. Are you there?
0: I am here. You? you I suppose you want to see my face, do you?
1: I, I, my I ugly will. mug. <laughs> Sorry, are you anonymous?
0: <laughs> and I generally, so basically, I've moved around so much over the last, um, wow, you've got such a cool background. <laughs> hey there, how you doing?
1: Oh, there are. Hey. How's
0: your daughter? I was carrying her down the stairs first thing in the morning and I slipped and I saw I slipped down the stairs and she slipped down with me and then she slipped down my legs and oh my god. Yeah, so I did all of these courses on, you know, child, on emergencies for children and stuff like that. But it all went completely out the window. All of my learnings went completely out the window when this happened. I was just, I went into meltdown. Oh, yeah, it,
1: totally and completely understandable. By the time you have... More. If you have more, by the time you get to your third, you're like, ah, you're fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a, you've got more than one. Then have you got few?
1: Well, I have one biological child and two adopted children. Wow. So, so I, my oldest has just graduated from San Francisco State. She's going to be so she's getting ready to go to medical school. Wow. And then, then I have my middle girl is from is from China. And she's just starting college. And then my youngest one is from Guatemala. She's Mayan and she is a freshman in high school.
0: Oh, my God. That is such a a really interesting story in itself. I don't want to go back on about myself again, but this is something we've considered. We thought if we're ever going to have another kid, then we'll probably adopt. So what, what motivated you to do that? Like, where did that come from?
1: Well, my, my biological chart. So yeah, my biological chart. So I owned a business, an interior plant business. So I was a total career person. Okay. And then I, I really, really wanted to have a baby. And so I got married at 37 and had a baby. My husband had had a vasectomy reversal. So he's been game for all of this stuff. So I've got to applaud him. And then, um, wow. And then I had back labor. So it was three days. And I'm like, I am never having enough. Oh,
0: my God.
1: (laughs) So I was my my oldest child is just has had insomnia her whole life. So we were at the library and, you know, I'd have to pick up a stack of books to read her because I'd read her to sleep every night. And sometimes it would take a few hours. So I picked up this one book off the table and then I was reading it to her. And it was about this woman who went to China to adopt a baby and the name of the book was I love you like crazy cakes. And I'm like, Oh my God, we're doing that. Cause I had, since I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. I mean, I never even heard of Chinese adoptions. Right. So I, so I, so I'm like, I told my husband the next day, I said, um, we're going to China to adopt a baby. And he's like, of course we are. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's like, She's the joy of our life. She's just such an amazing child.
0: Wow. So how old was she when you adopted her?
1: <laughs> so she was 13 months and mm. that's about, about the age. Um, China's gotten more difficult to adopt because um, when they had the Olympics there, uh, they got a lot of bad press because Americans saw all the babies leaving the country. And now what's really interesting is I was working on a piece of property across the street from my house and this Chinese man walked by and he was an exchange teacher. So he was just, he's Chinese and lives in China. And he was just here for six months. Right. So we got to talking and I told him about my, my daughter, Tara. And he said, so when we adopted Tara, we're in a hotel with 500 girl babies. Nobody mm. was allowed to do- adopt a boy there, there weren't any boys for adoption. And if you see our kids on the street, it was all boys. You might see one or two little girls, you know, to like 40 boys. Wow. So, um, he said, so that was okay. So she's 18. So that was 17 years ago in 17 years. It has totally changed. She said, nobody wants a boy, baby. And everybody only wants girls. And oh. if you have a boy, it's considered unlucky, and if you have a girl, it's considered lucky. And if you're lucky enough to marry a woman, because they're so hard to find, that she gets to totally tell you what to do, and <laughs> be totally in charge. So all these five, at least five thousand years that we know of, right, of patriarchy, yep, changed in seventeen years. So but, change- but why is that? Was that just
0: because of the scarcity of girls? Yes. Yes. Wow. What what, what an amazing story.
1: Yeah. So what happened? So and what happened too? A lot of women weren't weren't willing to get married to men and be abused, so they became prostitutes, and then they had their own money, and or they got their own career or whatever. But they just they refused to marry marry men that were you know in that um, abusive culture. Wow. So they just no i'm done i'm not doing this and then so the men had to change but what's amazing to me is how fast it happened
0: yes 17 years that's incredible for as you say for such a rich and long history and culture as as china has yeah
1: so yeah well i studied chinese medicine you know for for 30 years and wow female energy the yin energy is considered superior to the yang energy so i wasn't prepared for what i saw when i went to china
0: yeah the women
1: so poorly
0: that's incredible but we all know it's true don't we we all know the female energy is (laughs) pure i mean look at we're going to come on to weed in a bit we're going to come on to cannabis and look what happens when you put male seeds in with female seeds completely fucks everything up
1: well I, i think that's the world
0: in microcosm basically
1: well, males are good because we need their pollen to make yeah. seeds. If you don't yeah. have pollen, you don't have seeds. Right. <laughs> so, and yeah, this is really cool because it is it is one of the only plants. I mean, there's so very few that are male and female.
0: Okay. That's just such a fascinating story, um so me and my family have just moved to the monterey peninsula as i as I alluded to from the Bay Area, and I love the fact it's such a departure from the big city. It's so much more local in general. you know one of the things I love doing since I got here is to read the local newspapers at the weekend. It feels like a, a sort of reading the the a physical newspaper feels like a pleasure which has been lost to me since the advent of the digital age. but anyway, oh. I read the I read the Pine Cone and the monterey County oh. Weekly. Go on.
1: Oh, no, I'm just clapping.
0: <laughs> okay. And I saw you on the front page of the Monterey County Weekly. Um, and I thought, what a wonderful, uh, what, what wonderful people to interview. Um, the headline was something like high on gardening and the <laughs> subtitle, a grow-it-yourself group of cannabis advocates forms a virtual community so it's just so wonderful I i immediately made a beeline for you because i thought it'd be a wonderful person to interview and you got back to me straight away with with what i see what seems to be typical enthusiasm
1: yeah well yeah i'm really highly enthusiastic because um well i don't know you read the article so so i have so my whole life has been dedicated to plants i have you know i went to cal poly and got a horticulture degree and had an interior your plant business.
0: Can Just and, for a second, can you go even further back? Why did why were you interested in plants in the first place? Did you live in nature? Or did you grow up in nature? Were your parents into it?
1: No, my parents weren't into it at all. But what happened was, is I was a really hyperactive child. And so my mom gave me some potatoes to go plant outside, just to, probably for five minutes of relief. <laughs> so <laughs> when I was digging... The potato in the soil. I was about six, and when my finger hit the soil, it was like I got like a channel from the universe. Wow. I looked over and I saw a van that said, "You know, back then doctors made house calls." I'm sixty-one, so <laughs> so it was a house how it was a house call doctor, and so I thought I'm going to drive a van and take care of people's plants. I'm going to be a plant doctor. And so now with, with this, it's like, basically we're teach. So what happened was I started making things for dispensaries after my mom got pancreatic cancer, I taught myself how to make all of this stuff. Wow. And then I started selling to dispensaries and then um, proposition 64 happened and I couldn't sell the dispensaries anymore because it, you know, because rec became legal. All there's just so many more requirements and, to get a permit would cost like a half a million dollars. And I wasn't willing to put on the line for that kind of money. So I just kind of quietly was helping people, you know? And so I saw so many improvements in people's lives. So I thought, I can't make money at this. So why don't I just do it for free? I have a who has a good job. So I'm like, you know, it's all good. And so it just makes me so happy when somebody calls me and says, you know, I was, I, you know, like I have one gal that I've been helping for a couple of years and she has MS. And she, and you know, she'll text me and say she went to the doctor and the lesions on her brain are going down. I mean, I have other people that just huge pain and they're super isolated. This also is a, this is also uh, creating a community for people that are isolated. What drove me to do the website, I'm not a tech person at all. So my daughter and I did the, did the website and it was like 300 hours. But what kept me going was just the thought of some woman in Iowa that has breast cancer, that her community would not support her in any way. So I, this would be like a supportive community that she can figure out how to grow and be supported by other people because As part of our meetings, we have check-ins and some of the check-ins have been so profound about, um, like one, one gal used to cut until she started using cannabis because her anxiety was so high. She came Mm. from a very functional family and it's like, this plant is a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. Yes, it can be abused just like anything, but, but If you can figure out your dose and you can figure out, you know, if you just look at it as like this miracle thing that you don't want to overuse, then it's the healing potential is huge
0: it's there's so much to unpack in what you've said I've got about 40 (laughs) different questions I'm gonna so firstly my sister has MS and this is really interesting because you know I want you to talk to me about what you think the specific benefits are and which illnesses which ailments are are sort of most effectively treated by cannabis but my sister has MS and I think this is is a really important point because I don't think she would ever do anything like this I don't think she would ever try uh, CBD or THC or anything um, cannabis related because there is still such a Uh stigma attached to it isn't there
1: yeah yes it's always so surprising to me because i just feel like you'd rather watch somebody die than use cannabis and the stigma is was is just propaganda it's so bizarre yeah it's so bizarre that one person in 1930 was able to change generations of people's minds over to such a stigma because all the medicine that was passed out during you know in the 1800s and the 19 early 1900s was cannabis based.
0: Wow,
1: that was the tool that doctors had, and for so treating
0: what, what for treating what, every, what sort of a...
1: everything. So in your body, you have an endocannabinoid system. So everybody does, and and all the way down to sea squirts have an endocannabinoid system. Okay. So the endocannabinoid system is like little cups all over your body. So, you know, you know, do you understand acupuncture? So, you know,
0: I don't know. No, explain to me, please.
1: So acupuncture basically uh, there's meridian in Chinese theory, there's meridians throughout your body and these are electrical pathways. And so on your electrical pathways on these meridians are these little cups everywhere and they're called their endocannabinoid receptors. And what cannabis does is the phytocannabinoid. It locks into your endocannabinoid receptor and fills it up. So when you have disease, when you age, all these kinds of, you know, when you're born, your endocannabinoid receptors are full.
0: Okay.
1: Age and stress and wear and tear, they start depleting. So cannabis is brilliant for anybody who has aging related illness and it it locks in, and so what. C- and what? What people don't understand about CBD is CBD is actually a bond that goes around that just holds it in place. So THC is the real medicine. Ah. CBD is really not that super effective. You really need at least a drop of THC, even if it's right. just. So um, have you, I mean, have you ever heard of people going to the dispensary and getting the CBD cream? It doesn't last. That long, like fifteen minutes, maybe.
0: Wow, but that's a huge industry, right? CBD stuff in itself is like being sold at yeah. right the center now. But that's not. Well, but does it's not as doesn't have the medicinal powers of, without THC.
1: Exactly, but see what happened was is that all the tobacco farmers were going bankrupt in Kentucky, so Mitch McConnell made it legal for commercial growers to grow hemp, and so it's very low in THC. And what they do is they they take out all the THC in an industrial process. But you need just to trace the THC to make the CBD work.
0: Right, amazing. And so I, I must just say, Simeon has now joined us. Hello, Simeon.
1: Oh, there you oh, go. How are you doing?
2: Yes, I was, I've was. i been waiting. I was like, I'm in a waiting room. So I, I called you, Susan, but you didn't answer. And I was oh, like, man, oh. So yeah, I've just been waiting. No, I've been tr- I try to get it for like the past three times. Like. Uh, I mean, how are you doing, Oliver? I'm
0: great, and it's my fault. I was the one that should have admitted you to the waiting room, but I was so fascinated by what Susan was telling me that I've completely forgot to look.
2: <laughs> no worries, no worries. How's your daughter doing? Susan uh, was telling me that um, you had an accident. Yeah,
0: she's doing great now, thank goodness. We're we're new parents. We don't have any experience, so, you know, everything is the end of the world. When a sort of minor issue occurs, um, things can, you know, everything goes into meltdown. But we are feeling very fortunate and very healthy this week thank you very much. How do you know Susan? How did you guys meet?
2: We met in the Monterey area. So I moved to Monterey, California, and we joined Toastmasters and last year, whenever everything was transpiring with all the division and hatred in the world, we collabed together, just kind of connected and kind of discussed what was going on. Susan and I actually did a presentation before discussing all the division and the the just see it sounds bad but the hatred that was going on in the world so we kind of just out. it kind of came from one end of the world to the next end of the world and we came together and we just wanted to help so i did a speech susan did a speech we both collapsed together and kind of discussed <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> As you know, it, 2020 was not the brightest or the greatest year, but uh, we're here, we're living, we got through it, and it's still, unfortunately, there's still a lot going on in the world. We were hoping that quite a bit of people woke up with all that was going on, but it's still a lot of sleeping people out there that's kind of dealing with depression and don't even realize it. Like autopilot, um, drifting, and we just want to help people that honestly is <laughs> because I reached my lowest point during this this past year and it got to a point of play to where it came from. And Susan, you're not aware of this because you'll hear about it on Saturday. So it got to a point to where you reach a point to life when it hits you hard. And you get to a place where you look in the mirror, you don't recognize yourself depression is you go, drifting in life, you get to the okay, what is what's happening, what's going on, you grew up, I grew up in Houston, Texas, so it's like the macho, oh, I'm so tough, um, male ego, right? Yeah, I see what so exactly. you get to The line
0: and- is really, really bad. Are you outside? Oh, uh, yes we're hearing like strange it feels like you're hanging out with ufos (laughs) there's like straight (laughs) some strange (laughs) digital sounds going on like as if you're being spoken to from another universe (laughs) (laughs) but it's uh are you still with us Uh uh-oh oh disappeared I've, i must say i've never done a three-way zoom before like for for a podcast so i i knew that it would have um it would have inherent challenges but uh but yeah as long as we give each other space to talk i'm sure everything will be fine yeah. well, he'll,
1: i'm sure he'll pop back in as soon as he moves to a better spot oh i hear him
0: yeah <laughs> we can hear the ufos again <laughs> you're still hearing ufos
1: <laughs> it's, it's it seems a bit better for some now. reason
0: can you
2: hear me any better or no?
0: I can definitely hear you better now. Please continue. Okay, so
2: basically got to the point of when you're going through the depression and you don't recognize yourself you're looking in the mirror. It's like, how do I get to this place? So the thing is, we live a life of autopilot, drifting and everything of that sort. So it's like, we just want to be able to show people that there is better out there. We're living in a mind of living in the past and the future. We're, we want to show people that depression or whatever ailments that we have that we put onto ourselves, we don't have to live that life. We're used to that life because that's the conform way of thinking of it. But cannabis is a way that has helped me tremendously, is which is why I'm here with Susan because it helped me in my journey when I feel like I reached the lowest point of my life. So I absolutely believe in what we're doing. It's going to help many people. It'll kind of just not just an eye opener, but a mind opener as well as well-being overall. So that's how Susan and I met with all the hatred in the world or the division that we saw last year. It helped tremendously. being able to, like meet one another, and get together.
0: Yeah, definitely. And yeah, with everything that's happened with COVID over the last year, I I'm I'm always. Okay with adversity, as long as I learn from the adversity. And my biggest concern with COVID is that you know, will we learn from it? Will we learn to treat each other better? Will we learn to treat animals better with more respect? Will we have a better relationship with the planet and the environment? I want the answer to be yes. As a consequence of everything that's happened, we look at it and we say, "Wow, you know, we've caused this to to a large extent. We have caused the situation. What are we going to do about it now? Are we going to move forward, or are we going to go back to business as usual? Do you feel hopeful, Susan, about the future?" Future based on what's happened over the last year? Do you think we will learn our lessons?
1: I don't know. I think the lesson is to share. And I, I, I just feel like COVID really brought that we need to share with each other as much as humanly possible. And I feel like the more we all um, share as much as humanly possible, what, what we do know or what we have and, you know, and, and include people, that might be isolated, I feel like the healing potential is just exponential.
0: Absolutely. It sounds like you've always had that sort of healing. You, you, healing has always spoken to you throughout your life. Did you, is that the first time when you did, planted the potato that you felt you were going to be a healer of some kind? Or your family, did your family have certain, the same sort of intuition or, and, and impulses? Is it, it's just something that's always, Always spoken to you naturally.
1: My yeah, my my family wanted me to go into computers because my dad was a world famous computer scientist. He he invented some wow. computers on the planet. So they they were pushing me in that direction. <laughs> and so when I <laughs> the ornamental <laughs> horticulture major, they're like, no way, it's not happening. So I had to fight for it. But um yeah.
0: Uh, they're amazing <laughs> do you think that there there are uh, do you think are there, there are still situations there are still ailments and circumstances where people need pharmaceutical drugs or do you think through all of your experience with you know um with the the um, chinese medicine and with cannabis do you think that every ailment can be prescribed and treated by through natural
1: means well i feel like Allopathic medicine is really good for people when they're in a critical stage, like if they have a heart attack or they have a stroke or, you know, they break their bones or, you know, something like that. Something that is acute. Allopathic medicine mm-hmm. is brilliant. But for okay. illness, I feel like um, uh, herbal medicine is the best because we've got to, we've got to get the the body. So a lot of acute medicine is like, it treats it acutely, but it's poisonous to the body. So we have, right. we have to tonify the body. And so once we get you past dying, then let's teach you how to take care of yourself so that you can live the most functional life as possible.
0: Balance, yes, so true. I had a friend who had all sorts of different ailments, and you know she was going to doctors who were treating the, spe- the specific elements of the ailment it, you know on their own in isolation and it just felt like nobody was looking at the big picture yeah. and sort of trying to restore the balance in her body and you think that natural medicine can do that much? oh
1: better? yes definitely but it's you know it's the whole mind body heart thing where you have to you know meditate you're right So Mm -hmm. Simeon has this thing where, you know, um, in the morning he gets up like super early and he meditates, he journals, he exercises and he, um, what was the other thing you do Simeon? Read. (laughs) Read. (laughs) So he has like, he does, but it just really makes a really nice way to start his day.
0: Oh my goodness. So true. I love all of those uh, practices that you indulge in. And I think that it is important to have daily practices in order to have a positive mindset. 100%. I'm absolutely fascinated to meet you guys. And I'm sure we will before too long. Oh,
1: good, good, good. Yeah. Simeon's in Texas, but he promised me he's moving back here soon.
0: (laughs) So, I want to talk a little bit more. I cannot wait. I want to talk a little bit more about the benefits, their medicinal benefits of um, of cannabis, of THC and CBD. Where are you seeing the most effective treatments in terms of treating what ailments?
1: Mm, the most effective treatments, <clears throat> I would have to say, there's two two things that I see with the most effective treatments, and one is is making so. I have an article on Facebook and I'll send it to you and it's on eating raw cannabis. I kind of stumbled on this on my own before I read the scientific studies, but raw uh-huh. cannabis is actually more medicinal than decarbed cannabis, which means like a joint or something like where you light it on fire. But okay. what happens is when I make the capsule. So I, I grow organic products. Then I take the buds and I put them in a Vitamix, which has a heating element. Now, I guess actually it doesn't have a heating element per se; it uses friction, but it actually heats up. So it it partially. So what happens is, in raw cannabis, you have you have cannabinoid, pre, so you have acid precursors. So you have THCA. When it heats up to two hundred forty degrees, it converts to THC. You have CBDA. Which, when it heats up, it converts to CBD. So you have all. So there's 135, ah. and so they're all super valuable. And we don't, since because the federal prohibition on cannabis, nobody really understands all the science about what's happening in this plant. So when you take, wow. when you take the buds and you put them in the Vitamix, you get like a half decarb. So you're getting half raw, half decarb then I put them in capsules and those are the things that have been the absolute most effective as far as, but it, it takes time. It's not like taking an opiate where it was, if you have chronic pain, you're not going to feel amazing right now. You're going to feel amazing right. in like a week or two, you know what I mean? Okay. But you're not going to have the side effects of the opiates. So it seems like with allopathic medicine, you have instant relief with side effects with cannabis. It's like it. So remember I explained to you the endocannabinoids. So what happens is, is the more you consume and you can just, and consuming incrementally is the way to go, not to try and do it all at once. Cause then you'll just be comatose for a week. So if you, so if your endocannabinoids are are really depleted and they're saying that most modern health is, endocannabinoid deficient it's called ECS and you can look it up online and they're saying and so all the research papers are saying now that all modern illness is caused from a from a depleted endocannabinoid system that's from pollution uh, modern stress poor diet lack of exercise all of those things contribute to your endocannabinoid system getting depleted and before 1930 hemp was grown as feed. So if you ate eggs or milk or any other product from an animal, you were getting a dosage of hemp in your diet. So now wow. it's removed from the diet. There is so nobody is getting and and cannabis has been part of human culture. For you know, we know of like fifteen thousand years, but it's probably been longer. We co-evolved with cannabis. That's why we have an endocannabinoid system. Wow. So if you're not filling up your your endocannabinoid system, you can see the aging-related illness is just it's going to take over really fast.
0: So it's it's not only something which can have medicinal medicinal benefits; almost feels essential it is essential
1: it is totally completely essential and i'm the type of person who doesn't want to feel stoned or any of those kind of effects and i figured out the exact dosage to get what i need out of this plant you don't have to sit on so the whole stigma and and um what's that called stereotype of a stoner it's you don't need to do that Hmm. And
0: I mean, perhaps perhaps that stereotype of the stoner was part of the propaganda exactly. to sort of alienate it from society.
1: Exactly. Well, yeah, I think the the I don't know if you ever watched the movie Reefer Madness, but it, of yeah. So basically, they said cannabis makes you sex starved. Your your wife is going to start having sex with everybody, and blah blah blah. And I would say it's probably the opposite. <laughs> You're probably gonna.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I know exactly what you're saying. Um, so how do so how do you take it then?
1: So I make cookies. So I I infuse coconut oil with cannabis, and then cookies mm. out of them. And so I figured out my exact dosage because I have really bad insomnia, and I'm diabetic. So I make keto cookies, which so they don't have any sugar or grains. And I make a cookie and then I have that. And then I have, uh, and that's high in THC. And then I have take a capsule of four CBD strains that I grew and that combination. So I'm getting my THC and my CBD and I'm getting that combination. And I just do that right before bed. I sleep through the night. I I had insomnia for like 16 years. So it's just such a blessing for me. And, um, And my inflammation, I've been in a couple of really bad car accidents and that kind of thing. And so just like I said, it doesn't happen overnight. So that's that's people are used to taking a pill like an opiate and having instant release. It doesn't happen overnight. But what happens is you actually get healthier.
0: It's a lifestyle thing. But I thought THC necessarily was the psychoactive bit and that necessarily made you high. That's not the case.
1: Well, it it what I do is I take my cookie, which is high in THC, and then I put headphones on and I do a guided meditation. And I tell you what, it is so fun. I mean, you would pay hundreds of dollars for this experience. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: So it's like watching Fantasia every night. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Uh, that's
0: amazing and like you're offering you're not trying to you know develop a brand grow a product anything like that what you're doing is you're providing a service to people so what you're doing with your weekly um sessions which I will list in detail on my website okay. is that you're just you're you're allowing people to reach out to you and find out how to grow the stuff for themselves basically and how to use
1: it themselves yeah and what's so great about simian is that he is such a good communicator and he has such a big heart that that between what between my 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 plant knowledge and his communication skills, I feel like we're mm. we're just such a,
0: dream team. Yeah,
1: we're a dream team. And then my daughter Tara, who does the the techy stuff, which we need her so bad. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs>
0: I'm sure she loves helping. It's, a, it's such an interesting pro- project. does what uh, for... she is. 18, Go on. So brilliant i love it um tell me about uh how hard it is to grow and also tell me about vaping because obviously vaping has become very prevalent Mm -hmm. these days and people vape tobacco and nicotine products as well but they but also in the dispensaries in america we see more and more of these these vape cartridges how healthy do you think they are um how how healthy is it to ingest it that way
1: well, what I recommend for somebody who wants to vape and I do vape, like if I'm having a really bad allergy time, I, I do vape because it clears my lungs. And what I recommend is buying wow. a vape cartridge so you can load it with your homegrown. Okay. I talked to my friend the other day about it and she was saying, you know, the reason why she started using cannabis is because she had breast cancer and she went into a dispensary wow. to buy some organic cannabis and it wasn't available. So she started growing around mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's exactly it and that's the that these are the people that you know we're trying to reach we are trying to reach people that need us
0: yeah because as you say there's this there's this sort of dark pit dark area where the knowledge should be we have had years of stigma and it being illegal illicit so we don't know about the benefits we don't know how to use it the information is just not there it hasn't been has it
2: and when you say that with the information of all the years that's been stigmatized, if you look at it now, who's reaping from it? So, when you're seeing back in the day in the marketing, the news, the government, everything of saying that cannabis is so wrong. As Susan was saying, your wife shouldn't be going after these other people if you smoke this, you do this. So, but now you're looking at dispensaries who are, who are the ones that's backing them as well? Now the government and federal are reaping rewards from there, but they're not putting the information, the benefits it's out there it's more like as say, a student said grocery store here's your canned beans here's your grand or your canned green beans here's your canned whatever now here's your cannabis here's your cannabis cannabis nothing goes on here other than says can cause cancer but that's just a label to slap on there anything now so they're not providing that information that you're saying in dark space so Mary Jane Garden is not only showing you how to grow it, but we're showing you the benefits of what does it does do for your body. And we tell everyone the same thing as Susan said: you don't want to do all at one time. Try increments. Tell everybody every individual is different, just like your fingerprint. You have to see what works best for you. And also with that, I would say in here in a bit. And also with that, it's like when you're when you're going here, you find out what the benefits for each person. What Susan said is the the chronic pain, but also Susan DeLau, anxiety, depression, sometimes with that chronic pain, if you can get out of here, it could get out from your body. Because we put so much ailments on ourselves, such as say 75% of people that go into the hospital with hydrochondriacs, they put an ailment on their self, oh, my back hurts, oh, this hurts, that hurts, and what happens our mind takes that, and now you're wondering why your body is actually hurting. So if you're, you know the gentleman, Steve Harvey, right? Um, Steve Harvey, the gentleman that does like family feud and everything that's sort wait. So he says, we have two foremans in our in our mind, if you want to say. If you wake up in the morning and say, we're going to have a bad day, your workers, your sales are like, oh, we're going to have a bad day today. And then you have a one that says, oh, today's going to be a great day. And your foreman's like, wait, what'd you say? Today's a great day? Oh, it's going to be a great day. So the same thing happened. <laughs> yeah, so the same thing happens with our bodies. So if we're saying my back hurts, your mind is going to take that and your body's going to say, okay, Let's start making our back hurt. Let's start making our back hurt more. Because that's what that person says. That's what's going to happen now. So the same thing with cannabis. And Susan said, I love it. It's what she says, at nighttime, she'll throw some headphones in, she'll meditate. This is to be for a tool to remove that depression state of mind, living in that darkness, because that conformed mind tells us we have to live in fear. We have to live with doubt. We have to live with insecurity. We have to live with all this talk, this chatter, because we have 50 to 70,000 thoughts in a day. So we are not in control of our mind. Cannabis helps us take control of our mind to slow those thoughts down. So we can tell our body, I feel great today. I feel good today. I feel awesome. And our body's saying, you what? Oh, let me make sure you don't feel any pain today. Let me make sure you feel happy. Let me make sure you get out of bed on the right side. So I absolutely agree with Susan when she's saying she uses meditation as a tool. So Mary Jane Garden is not just, let me just show you how to grow, let's show you the benefit of changing your life because this is what matters. How do you get from a point of saying, I can't, I can't, I can't do, I am, I am who I am and I love living my life now.
0: So Amazing. So it's like, it's that whole idea of choosing happiness. Isn't yes,
2: it? it's, it's, it's a huge tool. I, I, I'm, I'm grateful and honored to be part of this So,
0: yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, absolutely amazing information. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I'm completely aligned with that idea of, you know, choosing happiness, of self-fulfilling prophecies, of, you know, creating a positive mindset and then a positive life for yourself as, as a consequence. I must just go back, Susan, to what you said about vaping. So what you're saying is um, it, it's the stuff that gets put into the vape uh, when it's not organic, and um, when it's not an organic cartridge, that's actually bad for you. And that vaping in itself, if you've got a good enough quality stuff, in your opinion, it's not bad for you. Oh,
1: no, no. yeah. So, so I have a story about that. So my my oldest daughter, who I just told you, she just graduated from college when she was in junior high. She she developed severe asthma. She's gay. And so I'm guessing it was the stress of being gay that did it. Okay because it just seemed like it just came on all of a sudden. It would be like, and her trigger was secondhand smoke. And so we would be out in public and like if somebody was smoking a cigarette, she'd just be down on the ground and I'd have to take her to the hospital. She turned blue. It was very scary. You know, we took her to the asthma doctor. She was on all the Western meds because I mean, I'm like, I don't want my daughter to die. So even though I'm not super good with Western meds. We put her on all that stuff. She had the nebulizer. She went to York, which is a school down the street. And, you know, they used to call me. I just was the phone would ring and I would just go into high alert because, you know, I could get there in nine minutes in my car. I had it time perfectly because she would be having an asthma attack and it just used to scare me so bad. Somebody told me cannabis. And I had already been growing for my mother because, like I told you, I I, I started making stuff for her because she got pancreatic cancer, and so um, I'm, I was like, I was very reluctant. And we tried it, and I took her to yeah back that at that time you had to do a med card, so I took her to the med doctor. We got her a card, and we started her use smoking. And for asthma, you have to smoke it. So I, you know, we got the and the bongs and all of that kind of stuff and so and so she so she got so the next visit to the asthma doctor they do a breathing test they're like you're fine (laughs) so they're like she got off all the meds all at once and because the steroids were making her they made her gain weight she was crazy Mm. she just felt awful all the time
0: as we were talking earlier they just treat one area of the problem and can actually exacerbate other areas of your bo- your body ecosystem.
1: Exactly. So anyway, she got off all of that and so I I knew that if she was the way she was before, she would have never been able to be independent and go off to college because I would always have to be available 911 to go you know take her to the hospital or whatever. I mean it was it was a very scary thing. I mean I remember i'm driving home with her to get to the nebulizer and her fingernails were turning blue she couldn't breathe so she couldn't breathe for almost like 15 minutes and it was
2: oh
0: my
1: god so anyway so when we got her started on cannabis it didn't take long i am talking maybe two weeks she was smoking and her lungs And so what she she says now is she can feel her lungs get tight because she lives in San Francisco, which is polluted, right? So her lungs get tight, Mm. but as soon as she smokes it, she can feel the relief in her lungs because it's a bronchodilator. So it just like opens up all of those pathways. And during uh, her time in college, well, you just came back from San Francisco. There was two fires that were really bad, severely. The smoke, you know, was so bad. They had to wear that yeah. face mask all the time because it was so bad Awful. yeah and she didn't have to go to the hospital at all and some of her friends who didn't have asthma had to go to the to the emergency room because of. Wow. so i'm like for her and for her she graduated in four years she worked two jobs with a 3.7 so if anybody wants to say, oh my gosh, you know, you're going to have your kid living in your basement for the rest of your life, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's a type. And I think if somebody does do that, uh, that is because they're suffering from some type of anxiety and depression and they're self medicating. And so, th- an, a more holistic approach needs to happen.
0: Mm that's an amazing story it's really sort of reassures me about the use of vape in general for you know if i want to ingest cannabis that way then it always concerns me i think if this is bound this must be bad for your lungs but as you say it's all about the quality of, of what's inside and you're suggesting that it is still really hard to get organic uh cannabis yeah. in vapes in cartridges in in dispensaries. yeah so how we, you, so that's why we've got to grow it ourselves you
1: live in monterey right Yeah. So if you want, I'll be happy to give you a couple of plants to grow this year.
0: Amazing. We're just having veggie boxes put into our garden so that we can start growing. How difficult is it to grow? Is it something you can just plant it like a tomato and leave it, just water it every now and again? Or is there a lot of
1: maintenance It's exactly like a tomato, but just like tomatoes, if you want a giant harvest, you got to pay attention and put some inputs into it. And so, Okay. And if you want big buds, there's things like that. You can do like tying down the stems. So light gets down to the, the buds on the bottom and that type of thing. So I, I always tell people the first year, that's your learning year. Just don't worry about it. Yeah, okay. yeah. else, just be happy. <laughs> but your second year, you're you're going to get a couple pounds. If you, if you, because you'll figure it out.
0: And how long does it take from start to finish? Is it something like three months or, or, and do you have to do it a certain part of the season?
1: Well, I'm an outdoor grower. Um, indoor growers can grow all year, but it's not good for environment because you're using all of that electricity for the lights and the plant mm. not like it. And trying to grow indoor without pesticides is virtually impossible. So I have a greenhouse and I grow in a greenhouse and outdoors and so I started planting seeds in April, and I'll be harvesting in October. Fantastic. So, um,
0: can you grow all? Year, can you not grow all year round? Then you have to plant in, in around well, April.
1: Well, they can't.
0: For where we doesn't
1: live. like it cold. So, mm, okay. it evolved in compost piles in the steppes of Mongolia. So it's kind of like this. Tri- this tricky. It likes a little bit of wind. But it doesn't like to drop down below so it's basically if you grow it the way it, it grew naturally in the wild it's just a very seasonal thing but just like, exactly okay. like tomatoes you can buy hothouse tomatoes but they don't taste like anything if you grow mm-hmm. a tomato you want high heat you want it outside you want it in the sun it's exactly the same as a tomato i mean i just can't think of two plants that are more alike
0: oh wow um, okay, so so for the the Monterey climate, then we can grow exceptionally good quality potent uh, cannabis. Yes, yes, I think
1: um, the Viagra is fabulous.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so it's, what's interesting to me as well about cannabis is that you seem to be able to grow so many different types, mm-hmm. which all have different effects. For example, some of the best experiences I've ever had on, on cannabis have been when I've gone out into the countryside. I used to live in Amsterdam in the uh. Netherlands, uh, and I've got... a I've got a dog. He's one of my best friends in my whole world. I absolutely adore him. Nothing it, it gives me greater pleasure than going out into the countryside with him and running around like like um, kids, basically. Uh, and sometimes I would, I would you know have a bit of a vape beforehand, and some of the strains I had just gave me so much energy, because there is, again, this association with it chilling you out, making you relaxed, and you don't really want to do anything. But I've always found that the best ones for me have been the ones that have given me even more energy and made me enjoy, like make, made all of the colours around me even more strong and, and and you know jumping off the page and and just feeling alive and more energized
1: exactly there's daytime strains there's nighttime strains there's evening strains um you can breed your own strains which i've been getting into lately and other people do as well like backyard growers so one of our members his wife has chronic migraines and so he's been breeding and breeding and breeding just to get the exact strain that will give her the most wow and i also feel like it's your ecosystem in your exact environment you can breed a plant that will just love your weather
0: right okay sure what about for energy then what strains are good if you want to ha- enjoy that sort of kick of energy when you take? you
1: want it? to talk about that simian
2: <laughs> so as i say, he's planning to say he's cotton candy black mamba so basically if you want to work and either work or just have some time to do something that's activity. i use black mamba or cotton candy and this way i will go to work can you hear me or no yeah i can black mamba okay okay where'd you get it from yeah make it yourself so susan gave me a plant last year of cotton candy and beautiful plant got some nice sized buds and everything but cotton candy if you want to do some like right now if you're doing work you'll be focused just in tune and anything else going on in the world you like this and everything it could be chaos going around you just like okay <laughs> just just going like this so I absolutely agree I, I love the pick me up to where I'm able to just stay consistently in the present moment because that's whenever whenever you might get some time just slowing down but you're actually in the present moment when you realize that the time itself self slowdowns because you're not mine is not here and there it's like having blinders on when you have a, a horse or a racehorse and you're just going like this, looking straight down the lane. This is exactly what it feels like. It's like, oh my gosh, I, mean, I if you like Susan said with her daughter doing four years, three point, I think it's a 3.6, 3.7, she had to have her blinders on going like this when she did working with two jobs. And I'm talking about she's working, not like a regular working, she's working. So I love, like, make sure you try Cotton Candy. I try Black Mom, bro. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Susan, what but, would you? you know, what I, I'll, would you I'll say? Grow,
1: so I'm growing cotton candy this year. I'll give you stuff. I don't. I just. You know, yeah, you know, and the best way for you to do it is to grow your own, and then exactly and that. then your energy will be into the plant, and you will have the symbiotic relationship, and the plant wants to help you, and and you want to help the plant. So it's it's a beautiful thing.
0: It's, it's really amazing. And it sounds like it wouldn't be an overstatement for you to say that it's a miracle drug as far as you're concerned. Com- or a miracle plant.
1: Completely. Well, it's not just a miracle plant, but it's 100% necessary plant. Because like I explained to you, that we all have endocannabinoid receptors. And without the inputs of phytocannabinoids... I, basically you're just going to you you're, you're going to have a lot of age related illnesses just trying to live in you know today's world of of high pollution and processed food and mm. you know sit at a desk mm. So true. And for some bizarre reason, I
0: mean, it's easy to see why, because pharmaceutical companies are some of the biggest companies in the world. I don't know why they would stray away from, you know, more cannabis research. As well. Because, you, for example, what Simeon was just talking about, having that incredible focus and energy, that's basically why so many people take Adderall, isn't it? Now, I wouldn't go anywhere near Adderall. To me, that sounds like a grotty addictive i'm again i'm being very judgmental here and for some people it might be really really important but it's not something i would ever take it doesn't appeal to me at all it seems like there are alternatives which is so much more healthy natural and holistic
1: it's true but you know people have just turned western medicine into a god you know because you know my husband has had three stents he's 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 a heavy person so he wouldn't (laughs) be alive without modern medicine. He would be gone a long time ago. So it's like, so, but what people just need to realize is that there's critical care and there's long-term care. And I just feel like cannabis is just so beautiful for long-term care, you know, for alcoholics, for anybody who has an eating disorder, it's just, it's magic. And
2: something you said with sorry with a pharmaceutical if you're thinking about it, why would they back cannabis because cannabis it doesn't have that I need this. So whenever you're like uh-huh. opioids, it's like I need this. So then you're gonna keep coming back cycle, cycle, cycle. If they switch to cannabis and get rid of their main drug that they build in the lab, it's like this I know you're gonna come back. You're addicted. You're gonna come back. You need this. Here you can say, Oh, I can come here, but then there's other sources you can go get them from, or you can say, Ah oh, so that's the problem, isn't with the pharmaceutical? It's like I have the noose around your neck, and you're coming back for more. So why why won't they go and look for alternatives? Because they already be, they already found a system that has their circle going over and over and over. Wow. So that's that's why I, I believe heard. they won't do it.
0: Yeah, so, so true. Let's talk about big business for a second because a couple of years ago, I went on a marvellous trip around the Emerald Triangle where we know that lots of, you know, marijuana and cannabis has been grown for for decades basically i don't know the exact history there but i know that it's a it's a real rich source of cannabis and the the guy that i spoke to absolutely charming guy and his wife and they were talking about the 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 um, challenges that they face now as growers as marijuana and cannabis became legal in various states around america you alluded to it earlier as well you said once it became legal you'd have had to pay a stupid amount of money for a license um, in order to grow something which you've got years of experience growing because of the legalization are independent people being pushed out of of the market
1: it used to be it used to be people cared about what they were doing now it's just turned into it's all iceberg lettuce spread with god knows what it's just all about how fast can i turn this around Uh Wow. And with the fires last year in the Emerald Triangle, there was a there was a cannabis shortage this year. So I understand the prices have just gone sky high. And yeah, I'm an advocate. It, just like I won't buy right. I won't buy a tomato. You you can't make me buy a tomato.
0: <laughs> so, what about a farmer's market? Will you go to a farmer's market and get a tomato? No,
1: they don't smell like tomatoes. Pick up a tomato wow. farmer's market and smell it. Go mm. smell like a tomato? No, because what's happened is. The soil is just, tomatoes are heavy feeders, just like cannabis. And so to grow a good tomato, you have to have a lot of stinky inputs, you know, so you know, compost, compost tea, worms, you know, all that kind of stuff. So
0: so interesting what you're talking about because I've I felt a little bit hopeless about this situation. I just assumed that there'd be this inevitable charge of corporations to take over the cannabis business, as is happening. But as you say, there is a beautiful solution, and that's just to take matters into your own hands. Yes. Hands.
1: Yeah, I'm a big do-it-yourselfer. I totally believe in doing everything yourself as much as humanly possible. I mean, I, I like to I like to hire people. I like to give people jobs and that kind of thing, but I just feel like the more you can empower people to take care of themselves, then it's just a beautiful thing.
0: It makes so much sense in terms of your carbon footprint and your treatment of the environment as well. If you're creating things yourself rather than you know getting all buying all this packaging and having things, oranges and tomatoes sent from the other side of the yeah. world to eat, you know, it makes so much sense in so many ways. I love cooking. I haven't actually got into gardening yet, but I'm sure I'm going to have the same sort of feeling about it. It's just something which is really enjoyable and almost medicinal for me to do. It's um, it's like a meditative process. Um, c- cooking. I find that my mind can clear, and I'm hoping that gonna get the same sort of feeling from from gardening, which we're definitely intending to invest time in over the coming years. Do you get those feelings?
1: <laughs> yes. I'm, 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 I'm good. Oh, me, you, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> I didn't I didn't know if you want me to go, so recently I started growing some avocado seeds and I've like a brown power. So When you're talking about you might feel that way, yeah. yes, I think you will feel that way when you start your gardening. Because I, I have some avocado seeds now, I'm seeing the leaves and the stem come up, and I'm like, <laughs> it's like literally, you feel like you feel very yes. proud. Of the fact that you get to cook what Susan said you get a farmer's market, right? you don't smell a tomato, you get to go to your own backyard and pick your own food and go cook it yourself. So, I think that will just Add
0: value to your now avocados, one of my I favorite foodstuffs. Could I cook those in Cat? Could I cre- could I grow those in California or does that have to be a hotter climate like Texas?
1: You know, there's an avocado tree right down the street from me. I'm in Delray Oaks and it's huge. I've tried like four or five times in my yard, and I can't do it because I have a, a microclimate in my at my house where it gets colder at my house and it gets hotter at my house. And avocados kind of like it more like You know, so if you can do a little sheltering situation, protect it from, Monterey doesn't get, you don't get the bright sun that I get in Dowery Oaks. Dowery Oaks is its own little microclimate, but in Monterey, the the thing that you're going to just have to do is to keep it warm. If you got a way to do that, then you can
2: grow avocados.
0: Amazing.
1: So what, are
0: you hopeful about the future then? What do you think it will look like, the cannabis industry? And what will what will the landscape look like in 10 years time? Will we have a much better understanding? Will we be embracing cannabis en masse? Will governments and countries be embracing it for the medicinal benefits that it so clearly has? Or do you think we're still gonna have this slightly, you know, grotty image of it and, you know, a, 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 this stigmatized image? What, what do you both think about that?
1: Hmm. Suman, why don't you go first? I'll have to ponder this question.
2: So I think it'll be split because look at us, look at our ruling right now. We have Republican, we have Democrat. So you have different perspectives. So for many years, this has been stigmatized that cannabis is awful. But now you have the younger generation coming in saying, no, it's, it's actually fun. it's good. It's, everything's going well. So from the medicinal side of it is that you have people that have severe anxiety, you have people that have seizures, you have people that have I mean, just Tourette's and it helps them so that they're looking and saying, if I could, the same thing we said earlier with a pharmaceutical company, it's going to provide you with something. Hey, this fixes this anxiety, but it gives you severe diarrhea. It gives you this, it gives you this, it gives you this. So it's like, why take something that's going to give you five other symptoms? And now you need something to fix these five other symptoms, which will give you more five. So now you got 15 to 25 different symptoms. So it's like cannabis will help you with here, here and here. So I think it will over time is the same this here, this form that we're having right here on a Zoom call is the start. It's, you, it's the conversations and discussions, opening up and talking about the benefits of how it can change and help the world. So I do absolutely believe in the next 10 years it will help, but the perspectives of others, the same thing with, you have the blue states, you have the red states you're still going to have some people that are on the other end of the yeah. spectrum that's saying, oh no, I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to do that. That's going to have my wife do this. That's going to have my children hang out with the crowd. It's going to have, it's like, not necessarily, because you could have any symptom with no, no cannabis, a world with no cannabis. People still have their perspectives, their opinions, and they're still going to decide to do what they want to do. So, yes, I absolutely believe that this will help. These discussions like this, these open discussions, will help change and form the world to be more consciously open and ready for cannabis. But as of right now, it's we're still working. This is why we're having these discussions. But I absolutely believe it can change. It can help. The same You say with COVID, and what do we go from here? I do believe these discussions are what's going to change the world. Because the thing—if you want to help the next person, when Susan said, "Allow somebody to help themselves," whenever you could, how do you how do how do we change the world? Change here first. You change internally, yep. first, and then you can see what causes in the world, and that's what I do believe. In the next ten years, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. because the benefits are, the benefits are so Ill.
0: irrefutable, aren't they? That soon, it's just sort of inevitable that you know, as the education grows, as we understand more about it, then we will we will turn towards it more.
2: Yes, yes, that's that's why. <laughs> I could
0: talk to you guys for hours and hours and hours. It's been such a pleasure. And I genuinely am looking forward to meeting you guys. And I'm really hoping that you guys are going to be my new friends.
1: So, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, I mean, if you have time on Saturday, Amazing. come to one of our meetings. We would love it. We'll, we'll send you the Zoom link oh, for this Saturday. Yeah, definitely. And it sounds like Simeon's going to do check in for Saturday.
2: Yes. I did believe I check in.
1: Oh,
0: gosh. Fabulous. Okay. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put all the information for this on my website, and I'm gonna um, send you the, this interview once it's done. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. you, you have so a great much.
1: Well. <sighs> the Natural High.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Natural High Club, or go straight to the website thenaturalhighclub.com. And remember to subscribe to The Natural High Podcast through whichever platform you're listening to get every new pod straight to your phone.